Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I am your host, Brett Hill, and today we're going to talk about guarding your character. In in our life, and especially in the life today where sin runs rampant, the governments around the world are allowing people to do everything that is contrary to the Bible, contrary to the Word of God. We, We just have an open door to do anything that is a feel good to the flesh anything that would excite the flesh, regardless of what God would think about it. And so many people that's in the Christian church are, are blending these feel-goods into their Christian walk. They uh, A lot of people get this uh, idea that I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I can do these things as, as long as I continue to believe in God, as long as I continue to uh, go to church and continue to sit on the pew and may lift my hands and praise him every now and then. Many people feel like, and, and it's happening everywhere, many people are blending the world with the church. It is it is becoming a uh, just a spiritual milkshake, if you will, to where the things of this world are becoming part of the things of the church. God said for it not to happen. God said for us to come out from among the world and not to be part of it. We are sojourners in this land. We are not to be living the things of this land. We're, we are supposed to be a light, a candlestick set up on a, hill, on a hill, on a mantle. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be able to make this earth different because we're here in it, not blend into it and kind of fade off into the rest of the world so that no one can tell the difference between a Christian and everyone else. We're, we're not supposed to make everyone else happy. We're not supposed to blend in with them and just become friends with the world and, and uh, make everybody feel pleased with the fact that we can uh, go to church on Sunday morning and do our thing and then come out and, and be part of the rest of the world uh, the other six days of the week. That's not what God wanted us to do. And I'm going to uh, touch on this a little bit today out of the book of Judges because I want to talk about a man named Samson. And many of you know Samson's story, but uh, Samson's uh, Samson's story is one of self-destruction. And I, I want people to know, especially the people in the church, I want you to hear this message about self-destruction, because if you are not careful with the way that you toy with God's gifts, the way that you toy with your salvation, the way that you toy with an anointing that God has put on your life, be careful because you will run yourself into self-destruction. You have to put the brakes on it. You have to spiritually recognize your spiritual eyesight has to be open and realize that the things that you do that are not pleasing to God will take you into a spiritual self-destruction and many times, just like Samson did, into a physical self-destruction as well. So when we look at uh, at Samson in the book of uh, Judges, uh, Samson is one of the most recognizable of the judges. He, he was a ruler over Israel uh, before the times of the kings. Samson was a Nazarite, which most people understand that. Nazarites were not supposed to cut their hair. They were supposed to leave their hair long to represent the fact that they were set apart. They were a Nazarite. But Samson did things uh, very rebellious. Samson was called. God called him out. God called him before birth. He told his mother that he would be a, a judge over Israel, that he would rescue the Israelites 
from the Philistines and he would be the protector of the people and he would judge the enemies and uh, and seek vengeance upon, he would bring God's vengeance upon the enemies of the Lord's people. And still Samson knew this, but Samson did not want to do this calling. He toyed with it. He liked to toy with that calling. He liked to let people see his anointing. And see, that's dangerous in the church because there are people that likes to let people see their anointing so that they can go, look at me. Look how God is using me. Look how fancy I am or look how blessed I am. Uh, you know, I hear people talking about uh, TV evangelists all the time, and, I, and I'm not going to talk about a man of God regardless of whether you think he's good or bad or where, where his position is. But what I am going to talk about is our personal uh pride, our personal thoughts, our personal perspective of ourselves. If we put ourselves too high on a pedestal, God can bring us down and he will bring us down. And this very instance, uh, this very story in the Bible about Samson happens to be one of those things because Samson loved to show the women. He loved to show his enemies. He loved to show the Israelites his strength. He liked to show off. He loved people to brag about him. He liked to have people talking about his strength and how strong he was. And so he would toy every now and then. He would run out and kill a few Philistines just for fun. There's one story where he caught some foxes and tied some firebrands to their tails and turned them loose in the crops of the Philistines and burnt down their crops. There's one, one time where he grabbed the gates of the city and run up to the top of the hill and just set them down just to get people to recognize his strength and go, ha, look at me. You know, gra grabbing the gates and running to the top of the hill did nothing except point people's eyes at Samson and make people go, wow, look at me. That's not God, what God wants us to be doing. If you are not carrying out the act that God wants you to carry out so that you can glorify him, so that you can magnify his name, so that you can build his kingdom and lift up his glory, then you are operating wrong. Your pride is in the way. Self has got in the way and you are on the road to self-destruction. So what, what God you, uh, uses is many things in life. Sometimes he uses tragedy. Sometimes he uses calamity to come against your life to humble you so that you'll repent and turn back. In Samson's case, uh, I mean, if you look in Judges in chapter 16, Samson uh, was going to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Samson was, he was a ladies man. This is Samson didn't live a holy life like he should. He was called by God. There was anointing on his life. Get, don't get me wrong, because the Bible says that my gifts and callings are without repentance. Samson had a gift and he had a calling on his life. There was something God set him apart to be, and God did not pull back from that. God left that calling on his life. Why? Because God does not back up on his promises. And he said that my gifts and callings are without repentance. Samson had a calling on his life. He was gifted with that strength, but he toyed with it. He did not take it seriously. When God puts a calling on your life, you need to be serious about what God is doing with your life. You need to be serious about what God wants out of your life, and you need to seek God's face. You need to call out on him on a regular basis. You need to ask God, Lord, you've got a calling on my life. I know you've got a calling on my life. I know you want me to do this. 
I know you want me to be a missionary or you want me to be an evangelist or you want me to be someone who teaches children or you want me to be someone who witnesses the widows or, or comforts widows or whatever it is that God's put on your life that is a calling you need to be on your face before God and saying, Lord, I want your anointing on my life. I want your wisdom in my heart and in my mind. I want you to open the windows of heaven so that I can understand your word better. Give me a hunger. Give me a thirst after your righteousness so that I can do this calling in such a way that it is pleasing to you and it uplifts you and not me. I want people to see you because this is your calling. It's not mine. It's something you put in my life. So Samson never did do that. Samson didn't take the opportunity to say, God, I want to do this thing that you've asked me to do. What he did was he just took it for granted. He, he liked to use it to his benefit. And in Judges 16, he was uh, it says that on his way to Gaza, he saw a prostitute and he went in to spend the night with her. Samson did this on a regular basis. This is what got him into trouble when he was dealing with Delilah. And see, he he went into her and she constantly, she had uh, Philistines came over and, and talked to her and, and got her to coerce him. And, and several times she tried to toy with him and, and find out where his strength came from. And, and he just pulled all kinds of little stunts because he didn't take it seriously. And, and if he would have taken it seriously, he would have said, my strength comes from the Lord. He didn't have to ever tell anyone that my strength is in my hair. His strength was not in his hair. His strength was in the fact that he was a Nazarite chosen by God to have a calling on his life for God's glory. And it didn't have a lot to do with his hair. Yes, his hair needed to be long. But what he should have done is said, I have strength that is given to me from God for a purpose for his kingdom, for his glory, and it has nothing else to do with anything else. This conversation's over. Don't point your finger at me. Don't look at me. Don't focus at me. You don't even need to know my name. I don't want you to know who I am. I want you to know about the one I've been sent to represent. That's what Samson should have done, but no, Samson didn't do that. He loved to toy even with Delilah. He made it sound as if he was not serious at all, and he wasn't. But one day he actually told her about his hair, and she shaved his head. She cut his hair off and then called the Philistines in. He jumped up and he was captured, and they took him to the, to the uh, prison. And then one day they brought him out to the Colosseum and tied him between the two posts that held up the entire Colosseum. Now, the story that I'm trying to get this point out here is God does not repent on his gifts and callings. And what I want you to understand with, with uh, Samson here is because when Samson was gifted, when he was called by God, when he was set apart by God, even though Samson toyed with God, even though Samson did not take it seriously, his job that God called him for was to destroy the Philistines as judgment against them for the way they treated Israel. Now, Samson did do that. He answered his calling, and that needs to be really clear to everybody. But the most important thing about this that needs to be clear is answering his calling cost him his life because he did not take his calling serious. And that's what I want everybody to understand. Samson was wound up being tied between the two main columns at the Colosseum where all the Philistines came in and they parted and they had their big events and things like that. 
and and he was brought in there to be made a mockery of so they could see him. But God allowed him to be brought between those two columns. Why? Because not only was Samson going to lose his life that day, but he was still going to answer his calling because if he did not push down those columns and bring that great, big, enormous building down on all those Philistines and do the things that he was called to do and set apart to do, then that would have made God a liar. God is not a liar. Everything that comes out of God's mouth is true. It is a yes and it's an amen. So Samson, even though he disobeyed God all the time, even though he toyed with God all the time, he did not protect his credibility. He did not protect his integrity. People saw him all the time with prostitutes. People saw him all the time as a Nazarite set aside to be a judge for Israel, always running around with women, running around and prostituting and and just not taking his life serious or not being a holy man set aside for God. And so what they also saw publicly is the fact that that building come down not only on top of the enemies of God, but on top of Samson. Why? Because of Samson's disobedience. See, what I want to talk to you some more about today is not just that Samson lost his life because of disobeying God and and uh, because of not taking God's calling seriously. But what we need to understand is when God puts a calling on your life, when God gives you a duty, when he gives you a privilege and an honor, listen to me, it's a privilege and an honor to serve him. It's not something that's a burden. It's not something that you should think weighs you down and maybe God needs to take this off of you because it's just too hard. No, this life that we live in is just a breath. It's just a passing by. We don't even belong here on this earth. We are just visitors here. We're aliens in a foreign land, according to the Bible. Christians are supposed to understand that. They're supposed to have the spiritual mindset on a daily basis that we've been sent here on an assignment. We've been sent here on a mission by our creator to shine the light of the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ into this world. And, that, and that's every Christian. It's not just ministers. It's not just preachers. It's not just evangelists or prophets or whoever. It is every Christian. Matthew 28 and 19 is for everybody that becomes a Christian. It's not just for ministers and people that sit in the pulpit. So we have to understand that we need to shine the light of God, and it's a privilege. It's an honor. We should treat it like an honor. We should look forward to the moment that we get to share the gospel with somebody and let those people hear about a Jesus that came to this earth and died in our place so that we don't have to pay for our sins. He paid for them. He, he laid his life down and took our life and was crucified in our place, and he gave us his life. He gave us his righteousness. We just get to pick up his righteousness and wear it for no price, no cost. We just do it out of faith and do it because he loved us way before we was ever lovable. And so we need to give that honor. We need to take that honor and wear it as a robe of honor and tell people about the Jesus Christ that we know that has come into our life. And we need to serve him with honor and guard our integrity and don't let the things of this world wear us down and take us into the world with us and then let people start saying, well, how can he preach to me? Because He's over there. He's talking to me about drinking all the time. But look at him. Every weekend, this guy's drunk. Or every weekend, he's smoking dope. Or 
every weekend he's doing this or that, whatever it is, we have to be careful. We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our integrity because people are watching. People are noticing what we are doing and we need to protect ourselves. If you're, if you're on the internet and you're, and you see things that you shouldn't see. And even though those images pop up in your head for a couple seconds and then you realize what you've seen, you need to turn that thing off because those few seconds that you've seen are going to be plastered in the forefront of your mind for weeks or months even after that. And you're going to have to work so hard to get that stuff out of your mind. So you've got to guard yourself from that. If you're out in the world and, and you, uh, wind up in a place where you're not supposed to be and you wind up having people bring peer pressure against you and try to get you to partake in things that you're not supposed to partake of, you need to do like Joseph did in Potiphar's house and run. Even if you have to run naked to get away, you need to make sure that you get away from the very appearance of evil so that your your uh, integrity can be guarded and people won't be shutting their ears off to you and keeping you from spreading the gospel. And this is something that happens to so many of us. And and I know I understand we're flesh and we live in a fleshly body and it is impossible to live perfect all the time. I know that. And I'm not trying to say that anybody does. Everybody puts their pants on the same way. Everybody faces reality every time they walk out the door of their house every morning. That's not what I'm saying, but when we are out into this world, we need to constantly remember that I am a Christian. I'm a representation of who Christ is in this world. And every time that I walk out the door, I may come in contact with someone that needs to hear about Jesus Christ, who needs to hear about my Savior, who needs to hear about why I live the life that I live. And I don't need to have spots or blemishes on my face, an egg on my face, so to say, when I start talking to them about the love that Jesus has for me and what makes me different. And when they look at me, they can't tell that I'm different because I do the same things that they are doing. That's what I'm talking about. If you've got secret sins that you're dealing with in your life and nobody else knows about, guess what? God still sees them. You need to find a way to deal with those secret sins. Don't be a Samson. Don't take these things lightly. Don't don't deal with these things lightly and think that you've got a lot of time to deal with these secret sins because they will find us out eventually. And sometimes it's not somebody publicly pointing a finger at you. It's just that God puts you in a predicament to where he cannot use you anymore. You have to, you may have to uproot and move to another state somewhere or another country where people don't know you because of something, or you may have to uh, just outward openly re uh, have a public, uh, repentance where people have uh, seen you and they've talked to you and they've seen what you're doing and the mistakes that you make. Sometimes you get humiliated and you fall on your face. But listen, you've got to get up and you've got to get the integrity restored because we've only got this one life to live and there's people dying and going to hell out there. There's people that are living a life out there that is not pleasing to God, that they're going to spend an eternity in a real burning hell. And we are the only people that's going to be able to share the word of God with them. And listen, the gospel has to be preached by our actions long before the gospel is preached with our mouth. And people need to know that. The church needs to know that. Ministers, evangelists, prophets, everybody out there, we all need to understand that the gospel is preached with our everyday lives way before it is preached with our mouth because people read our actions way before they listen to our words. 
And we need to know that. We need to keep that guarded. We need to protect our integrity because sometimes people are going to listen to us. They're going to pay attention to us and they're going to watch us for months. Sometimes they're going to watch us for years and they're going to see our life. And then they're going to go, hey, that guy's been talking to me about Jesus for the last three years, the last four years. You know, I've been waiting him out. I've been waiting to point a finger at him. I've been waiting to find his mistakes and throw it back up in his face so that I can say this Jesus thing is just a hoax. But listen, I've been watching him for three years and everything he does has integrity. Everything he does is going by that word of God. Everything that he does is keeping integrity with what the Bible says. And I don't see him living a sinful life. He really is different than what I am. And I really believe that the life he's living, the promises that are in his his life, the good things that keeps happening to him, the way that he handles bad things that happens to him, the way that he deals with people, the way that he deals with chaos, the way that things happen to him are so different than the way that things happen to me. And the outcome of his life is way different than the outcome of my life. I'm going to listen to him because he's living what He's preaching. That's what we need to have in our lives, church. That's what we need to understand. We cannot be a Samson. We cannot be prostituting ourselves out to sin. And I'm not just talking about sex. Prostituting yourself out to all kinds of other things is just selling yourself out to drugs, other gods, other idols, uh, prostituting yourself out to money, making money more important than what God is, making your family more important than what God is, making your truck or your house or the land that you own or, or the job that you have more important than what God is. And we cannot prostitute ourselves out to that because God has given us a a duty here on this earth to spread the gospel and set a spiritual fire on this earth and bring a spiritual revival to the lost and the dying world that we live in, that we are not part of, but we are supposed to be setting that example so that they can see the glory on our lives, so that they can see God operating in our lives, so that they can see the prosperity that God brings to us, so that they can see the bad times that we have and we don't fall apart and don't fall to pieces that we fall on our knees and lift our hands and praise God in the bad times and they eventually go away because we serve and trust the living God that takes care of us and shepherds over us and will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's why people look at us and they go, that person really is different. That person's got it together. Even in the bad times, that person don't have a hardship in their life because they're trusting something greater than they are. And I want some of that. That's the difference that we need to make as Christians. We need to guard our integrity. We need to guard the lives that we live so that people can see that God's anointing is on us and that we live what we preach. We practice what we believe. We need to know why we believe the Bible and we need to show people that we walk and we talk and we live and we breathe what is in the scripture between Genesis and Revelation. And that's what makes the difference to people. And I'm going to tell you, if we do not do that, if we are living just like the rest of the world, then the rest of the world is going to look at us and go, why should I be a Christian? Why should I darken the doors of the church? Those people run their mouth just like we run our mouth. They talk about each other just like we talk about each other. So-and-so at the church is cussing people out all week long and raising their hands and praising Jesus on Sundays. So-and-so with just bad mouths and, and gossips all week long, and then they go in the church and dress up and wear their fancy clothes. 
listen, if that's you, if that's what's going on, stop it. Put an end to it. Ask God to help you to put an end to that stuff because you need integrity with other people. You need to show other people that God is real, that he has the power over your life to change your life. He has the power to stop your mouth from running when it shouldn't. He has the power to stop your mind from thinking things that you shouldn't think. He has the power to stop you from drinking things that you shouldn't drink. He has the power to stop you from smoking things you shouldn't smoke. God is a real God. His word is real. His word is powerful. And his word puts an end to things in our lives that should not be there. And when people see that his his word has made that difference and they have those troubles in their life, they will turn to your life and look at your life and say, God, is the only one that could have made that difference and I want him in my life. And that's why our life and our integrity means so much to the dying world outside of the church. Listen, I hope that you've understood this message today. I hope it's digging into your heart. And I want you to know that if you're listening today and that you are not a Christian, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that he loves you, that he will accept you, that he will take you in. He died for you and he wants you to come to him and let him live inside of your life and bring changes to your life. Whatever that addiction is that you're struggling with, whatever that sin is that's got you bound and you can't seem to turn it loose. There is a God in heaven, a a man named Jesus Christ that will come into your life and help you walk out a victorious life here on this earth and change you and change the way you think and change the way you live your life and set you in a place to where you can live a holy life for him. I want to ask you to, to accept Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior. If you need to accept him, if you're, if you're feeling the Holy Spirit calling on you right now, just get on your knees to wherever you are. Just look up. If you're in your office, you don't have to speak it out loud, but you can whisper it at your desk. Put your head down on your desk where you are. <coughs> if you're in your car, I want you to just speak these words. Pull off the side of the road if you have to, because when Jesus comes in, the anointing of God may hit you and you may want to shout. And that's all right, because God is worth shouting about. But the Lord Jesus Christ can come into your life and make changes that you've never had the power to make changes for. Whatever is going on in your marriage, whatever's going on in your finances, the world cannot offer you what God can offer you. He can put the thing in motion that can change your life and change your world and make things happen that nobody else can make happen in your life. And if you want to receive him, you feel him tugging on your heart right now. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And it don't have to be the exact words. You just need to say something of the fact with everything in your heart, believing that you believe what you're saying. God, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner and I know I need a savior. And I'm asking Jesus Christ to come in my heart right now and change me and make me a new creature in Christ. I want him to change my life. I want him to come in and live inside of me. I want him to teach me to be different. And as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. If you've prayed a prayer the where you believe God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the where God has crucified Jesus Christ on that cross for you, for your sins. He punished his own son for your sins. If you believe that and you've accepted Jesus's death as your death, as your punishment for your sins, 
Right now, all heaven is rejoicing because you've come to Jesus Christ and you've received our Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you are now a new creature in Christ. You're part of the family of God. You have a new spirit living inside of you. And now you can start receiving the things that God has promised for you. And you can start praying and talking to God. And he's going to be listening to your prayers. He's going to move into your life and start helping you make some changes. He's going to start motivating your life to change the way it needs to be. And he's going to, this is the beginning of how life can be so much better for you. And listen, the greatest thing is right now, if you receive Jesus Christ in your Lord as your Lord and Savior, this world that you're looking at, all the chaos that you're living in right now, this is as close to hell as you're ever going to get because heaven is where eternity is waiting for you. And you're going to spend eternity in person with a Jesus Christ that died on that cross for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you've received Jesus Christ in your heart because of this broadcast, because of listening to the word of God, I want to thank you for listening. It has It's no importance to me about whether you recognize my name or whether you make me any famous or whatever, I'm speaking this because of who I serve and, and the difference that he has made in my life. And I want you to know that he can do the same thing for you and he will do the same thing for you. Just tell somebody about Jesus. Tell them what you've done today. Tell, tell someone that you've received Jesus Christ in your heart. Get into a good Bible-believing church and start serving him with everything you are and share your testimony and lead others to Christ. Thank you for listening in today. God bless you, and I hope to see you on the next one.